0: Well, I think it was a few weeks back I had talked a little bit about the new evangelization and I, I basically were speaking about how the Second Vatican Council in a certain sense can be summed up really with that idea of the new evangelization. That at this point in Western civilization, we are in a unique time period in history, uh, we have a culture that has been deeply and profoundly affected uh, by Christianity and many people are baptized and yet they do not believe in Christianity and they effectively do not live lives uh, that are even remotely Christian and so there's a need for a re-evangelization and that's what's referred to as the new evangelization. So that's really one of the major themes of the Second Vatican Council. Uh, continuing on with the same idea, speaking about the Second Vatican Council so we can truly understand uh, what this was all about, is another theme. And that theme is the universal call to holiness. The universal call to holiness. Extremely important theme of the Second Vatican Council. And uh, we see that here in our Gospel text today. Christ says be perfect just as your Heavenly Father is perfect and it is a fundamental truth of our Catholic faith both scripture and tradition testify to the vocation that all the baptized have to perfection and so we want to talk well how do we define perfection perfection is defined um, it comes in many different forms but the one virtue that is common to all its various manifestations and forms is charity, is love, and we see that Christ speaking and teaching us about charity, about love, love your enemies. Um, oftentimes, uh, you know, people, I think, uh, you know, they 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 get the picture when it comes to loving their family members, um, and and that's a good thing. But, uh, you know, Jesus says, well, you know, if you, if you're friendly and you're loving only to your friends and to your family, what, what credit is that really to you? What makes a Christian distinctively a Christian is that they exercise love universally towards all, towards even those who hate them. So when Christ speaks about, you know, loving your enemies, he doesn't mean people that you regard as your enemy. He means people who regard you as their enemy. Okay, You see how that can go two ways? We should never regard anybody as an enemy. But unfortunately, it's just the fact of the matter, we're always going to have people in our lives who regard us as their enemies. And it's those people, that's really where our Christianity, um, where the proof is, is where the rubber meets the road, and where we really got to be Christians, is not loving our friends and family, but those who hate us and regard us as their enemies, for whatever reason that might be. Uh, but that kind of love that we exercise towards our neighbor begins first and foremost with our love towards God. And that is true perfection, loving God above uh, and beyond anything else and everything else. Uh, and all Christians, all the baptized, are called to uh, perfection of charity. And that's what's referred to as the universal call to holiness. An important document in the Second Vatican Council Called Lumen Gentium says has this to say: All the faithful of Christ, of whatever rank or status, are called to the fullness of the Christian life and to the perfection of charity. They must fo- speaking of Jesus, they must follow in His footsteps and conform themselves to His image, seeking the will of the Father in all things. They must devote themselves with all their being to the glory of God. And the service of their neighbor. So just read that first sentence over again. All the faithful of Christ, of whatever rank or status, are called to the fullness of the Christian life and to the perfection of charity. Absolutely bedrock fundamental teaching of the Second Vatican Council. Uh, and I think it's something that probably hasn't been emphasized and talked about uh, a lot since then. Um, but it really should be. So the idea is that it's not just priests who are called to Christian perfection, it's not just religious who are called to Christian perfection, but all people, laity, clergy, religious, we are all together called to Christian perfection. Now, it's true that priests have a greater obligation to tend towards perfection than laity, but in any event, we're all called to that same Destination that same goal, that same endpoint, which is Christian perfection. and uh, it's a more fundamental vocation than any other kind of vocation. so each one of us we're going to have I mean there's probably maybe half a dozen types of states of life or vocations that human beings can be called to. You've got the single ho- single life meaning like uh, intentional single life. Uh, there's probably various versions of that. You can make, take a vow and have a, be a single person in the world in a, with a special consecration with a, of a vow. That's that's would be one state of life. Another state of life would be religious life. And then you've got the priesthood, and then you've got married life. And those are the different states of life and vocations. But we really don't find our vocation in that sense of the word until we get our more deeper fo- vocation that everybody has, and that is a vocation to holiness. Many people are intimidated by this idea. What, you're, you're, I'm supposed to be holy? Yeah, we're all called to be saints. We really are. Uh, and people are, they're afraid of that or they're intimidated by that. Uh, but there's no need for fear because holiness, it, the essence of it, is a gift of ourself to God. And it's not a scary thing. It's an opportunity to find out who we truly are, to truly find ourselves, and to truly enter into relationships of deep meaning and love with other people and more fundamentally with God. It's the fulfillment of who we're called to be. Uh, and it's true happiness and true joy flow forth from a generous response to this vocation. And there's no need for fear because Christ has gone before us. We are to follow a path that he's already tread. And it's through his power and his grace and his love for us that we have the ability to become holy and to, with all our hearts, pursue sainthood and sanctity and holiness. We are to give ourselves the self-gift, the self-donation to God and to others. But we can do that because Christ has done that first and foremost for us. And that's what we celebrate in the Eucharist. It's through the power of the Eucharist, the self-gift of Christ, giving himself to us in the Eucharist, that enables us to give ourselves to God and to one another and so to respond generously to that universal call and vocation to holiness.